Ben, 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 Ben. It's that time of year again. Hope springs anew. Is it our year? It feels like our year. This is, uh, it's still the slow transition for me, you know, from, from being sad to being the least interested I am to, to post winter of despair then, to yeah. summer of hope. Yeah. And then by the time the fall hits, oh, Oh, it'll be on. Be condensed, of course. Well, for those of you who have uh, spent the off-season in hibernation like us, uh, you may remember us. I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Zach Love uh, is supposedly joining us, but you know how his flaky ass is. We'll see. But this is Boys Will Be Boys. We're back for season seven, Ben. Wow. Seventh season of the show, dude. Luck number seven. We're, we're full-blown veterans. We're in the second dude, We contract. really are, dude. We're yeah, thinking man, about like, that third contract. Should we get that extension or not? Racking up head up? injuries. I hear voices. Yeah. Like anyway, uh, so this is boys will be boys. This is season seven. I'm stoked. We are talking today. This is one of my fa- honestly one of my favorite episodes we do every year because it's like we get to go through kind of everything the Cowboys have done in the off season. We get to look at the draft, which is obviously you know one of the more fun. It's all upside, right? It's all potential. You can kind of convince yourself that anything's a good idea when it's this time of year. Um, and it's been cu- quite the busy offseason for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so I think, I don't know about you, but I think the best place for us to start. Oh, shit. There's Zach with a Whoa. picture of us in like senior year of high school as his background. Love it. Love it. I'm me rocking a- an American Eagle shirt. You can't Fire. see me in that shirt, but I actually do remember that. I was wearing a Tony Romo shirt. So. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Zach, we were just commenting that this is season seven of the show, which is crazy. And we're about to get into the quite eventful offseason that the Dallas Cowboys have had. Um, I guess we'll start with the fucking headline, boys. The Zeke era has ended in Dallas. Mm. Give me your thoughts. Thank fucking God. <laughs> Gosh. I knew it. It's gone on way too long. I understand they didn't have a choice. The contract restrained what they could do. But thank God. I'm gonna go a different route, although Zach's not wrong that he needed to leave. But I remember when Dez was cut and we did like an emergency podcast and we gave him like a huge eulogy of all like our favorite Dez moments, and it seemed like when Zeke got cut, everyone's just like, Oh, okay. Like it's yeah. weirdly, it's weirdly people have made peace with Zeke being either bad or leaving for for quite some time. Had Dez degraded like further, like we probably would have seen similar things. Also, Dez I think was much more beloved than than Zeke. For us, um, sure. Yeah, for us. Um, it is weird though. I have seen weird revisionist history around Zeke. Yesterday, I saw a thread on the Cowboys subreddit where people were being like. Where would you rank Zeke among all the Cowboys running backs? And there were people being like, oh, like fourth or fifth, like minimum behind uh, Marion Barber and like maybe Felix Jones. Like that's I I get it, dude. Like I'm glad I'm glad they made this decision, too. It absolutely needed to happen, both for contract reasons, for production reasons, for a whole host of reasons. But. Zeke Elliott is firmly the third best running back in this franchise's history behind Emmett and Tony D. Like Yeah, third in career yards, third in career touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I mean Zeke Elliott at the beginning of his career was the best in the business. Like there was he was every bit as elite as any running back that's been in this league in the last ten years at his peak. Um it's sad that 
it ended the way it did. I'm sad that the last play of Zeke's career was that shitty, like fake electric play that Kellen drew up where Zeke was at center and got blown up. But um, yeah, uh, Zeke, Zeke has moved on. Um, no word yet as to where he's landing. There's been some talk from like Jerry and other people that like they're open to Zeke returning. I'm personally against mm. that. I think Zeke's name and history here just has too much gravity to it. I think if Zeke's on this team, there's just going to be too much inertia behind giving him touches that he doesn't need to have. Um, this coincided with them giving the franchise tag to Tony Pollard, which I think, Ben, you were kind of against that concept. Is that correct? Oh, well, hold on real quick. Uh, you said you know, Zeke hasn't landed anywhere. No real idea. He actually said he's narrowing it down to Bengals and Eagles. Well, that's his agent doing a little bit of yeah work. i mean like I, no word from those teams if they will uh, the sign eagles, the eagles nope. said the eagles came out and they have had that, uh, no conversations with the eagles Zeke always regretted being put on the cowboys and was an eagle fan his entire life <laughs> I mean, that's the only logical takeaway from that statement is <laughs> <laughs> that zeke secretly always hated the cowboys secretly hated we're in the star and he, and uh, he showed up out of shape out of on purpose. Out of spite, out of on purpose. If it's he like did when DeMarco, the Eagles, it's like when Demarco say, went to the Eagles and sabotaged them with his worst career. That was season. awesome. That was awesome. It is funny because like when Demarco left, he he did like make a show of like so he signed with the Eagles, but he bought this billboard that said "Thank you, Dallas." It was downtown. He got booed at a UFC fight in Dallas. Like Dallas fans really shit on him for taking the money, which insane he absolutely should have done that that was the well, correct look at decision. His career now yeah yeah i mean you know it was bad for dallas but absolutely i mean dude running backs get have the worst job in football now they get used yeah. their body gets beat up and they're highly disposable in the leagues making them less and less valuable so i mean good for zeke honestly yeah yeah and i do feel like there is a vast overstatement of the like if you if you go in and actually look at the contract way the contract for Zeke was structured, like the Cowboys ended up paying him like a, not not an insignificant amount of money, but I've heard multiple people be like the Cowboys paid him a hundred million dollars, like they did. Like he ended he ended up getting out with like half of that second deal. He he absolutely earned every penny as on his rookie contract and his fifth year option, in my opinion. So as far as like money Zeke stole from this organization, like we're talking about like two two and a half seasons. Um, and you could make a case that he he played uh, half of a good role for at least a season and a half into that. So ultimately, I do think it was the right call. Um, but now it is Tony Pollard's back. Were you surprised? We're both. The, did you guys think they would? No, a especially bit. after Dez, dude. Not after Dez. Dez again. Dez is more iconic to this organization than than Zeke was, and they I, were been, willing to cut him. I've been saying all season, or last season, you know, last season with Zeke, like, finally his contract's going to let us cut him. And Ben, you kept being like, nah, man, they're going to give him, are you and Andy both? We're just like, nah, they're going to give him a different deal. He's going to take a lower pay. He's going to stay. He's too big of a star. And you, you've got the doubt in me that he would never go away. I really did think that they would talk themselves into keeping him around and that they would – wouldn't pay Pollard and that they would just keep Zeke for another year because even after this year, it, it would have become more um, stomachable to, to cut him. But at the same token, like they, he had such a bad last month and a half. And I know 
his body was wearing down too. But I think the writing was just on the wall at that point. It is. It is uh, like I think a sign of the changing method of operation around this team that both Zeke and Dez were both guys that a lot of people expected to be offered a pay cut as opposed to an outright roster cut. In both cases, the Cowboys didn't make them a reduced offer. They they just cut them loose. Um, I think an earlier era of Jerry Jones would have found a way to keep those guys with a reduced number out of sentimental value, if nothing else. Yeah, I think what's interesting and I want to talk to y'all about is the dynamic of him not being there from a DAC perspective. I mean, yeah. but locker like, room in general the tribute videos that I saw so many Dak and Zeke moments, they were clearly BFFs on and off the, off the field and, you know, drafted the same time and both hit the ground running basically were co rookie of the years. Although I know Dak technically won it, but uh, I just think that's a really interesting thing for, from mainly Dak's perspective. I think the rest of the yeah. team, it is what it is. Everyone seemed to like Zeke, whether or not, you know, how much that means or doesn't mean yada yada. But I think that the, the DAC one's the one that's most interesting to me. I definitely think there's uh whether we see it on the field, I don't know, but definitely, you know, we've seen this in the past, right? Like there are these players that are kind of paired together forever. Romo and Witten, um, Des and DeMarco to a certain extent, were kind of these, you know, boys, yeah. one regulated the other one. Um, and Zeke and Dak have been both incredibly close personally, and um, even as his ability to run the football and contribute offensively degraded, Zeke maintained a pretty good reputation as a blocking running back who defended Zach, Dak Prescott well, like to a near suicidal degree. And I think that that probably has plays some plays on some dynamic within Dak's realm was, for sure. He was a tough son of a bitch. We always said, I mean, yeah. the one thing De Zeke really brought to this team that sometimes this Dallas team, especially in moments, have been called soft, right? And the one thing you knew Zeke wasn't is he was he was he wasn't soft, man. He's gonna no. he was he played injured last year. Yards. I mean, not, he was not that I think he would have always played that much better, but always played no matter the injury for as as long as doctors would clear him. Tough sob, never shied away for contact, probably for the worst for his career. And sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that that was something that you could always rely on him to be, to give you that right. Like he was gonna, he was gonna hit you in the face for sure. He's gonna make you pay for tackling. And on offense, I I wonder where that's gonna come from now because you've, you know, Pollard is a tremendous offensive weapon, but he is definitely more finesse than, you know, with Hammer. CD is definitely, you know, CD collects candles. Okay. Like it is what it <laughs> He's is. He's a pretty boy. You, He's either, a pretty you know, boy. You, you got you got the different. There's different stereotypes of all all players. You got you got the pretty boys. You got the the tough SOBs. You know, offensive right. linemen, Zeke, the big grinders. Um, then you got the leader, the Dak. They can't really be one or the other. They just kind of right. gotta exist in their own plane. And and yeah, I mean, they don't. We'll see who their tough SOB is now. You know. Yeah, well, it's gonna be interesting. I oh, go ahead, Zach. Oh no, uh, I was just gonna immediately start going into all the new sightings for running back, but uh, keep going. We can jump to that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good place to go. So obviously they've, they've yeah, tagged Pollard. anything else left for Zeke, just other than I don't know if he's got anything really left in the tank. I assume he'll probably get 
a veteran shot somewhere to come in and take goal line carries, but we'll see. I expect that we will see Zeke back in our building in a, you know, maybe coaching player personnel on a podcast with in the Nate box Newton. with Jerry getting yeah, two years from now when he's retired, everyone's yeah. clapping for him. One of those. Um, but that's a ring of it. honor guy. I had this question. Ooh, that's a tough one, dude. That is a tough one. Um, I probably don't think he's so, right on the edge. He really is yeah. like the line because he didn't do so much that it's a no brainer, but he also is like certainly in the conversation. I mean, 80 if touchdowns, Zeke, that's pretty if, high. I'll tell you this. If they had won a ring while he was on the team, it's a no brainer. He's on, he's in the, the ring, I think. Uh, but they didn't. And he will go down as, you know, I think he's maybe like the the Danny White of running backs. You know what I mean? Like the best that isn't going to be remembered by people in 20 years. Like we'll remember Zeke for his three years of dominance. And, you know, my son will not really know who Zeke Elliott is. It's probably fair. So that does leave it as Tony uh, Pollard's backfield. Sorry, Zach, I cut you off again. My bad. Dude. I was going to say uh... – they can put his uh, touchdown celebration in the Ring of Honor because that's the one thing I loved about him. He he did he did have some uh, some excellent leaps. He's a branding, that. and he, he had the, he had the, the eat thing. Everybody was, knew that the feeds. I, I hope he had, the Cowboys he had just his, on his own. Every man. Cowboy played does that now. He he had to, he had to make his own branding because the NFL really fucked his career up early from a PR standpoint with the whole like case that they put on him and like it, it was rough. So. I'm. I hope that Zeke. I mean, I don't know how much this is. Uh, how much this is false hope, but I hope he took care of his money. He doesn't seem like the most responsible guy in the world, but um, he should have enough to be okay. And I assume he is a big enough name to get opportunities post football. But we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, this does leave it as Tony Pollard's backfield. He's back on a one-year uh, franchise tag deal. He's getting paid about ten million bucks. Um, it leaves the backfield in a weird position, obviously. So another key departure this offseason, which I will rejoice, uh, the pizza boy, Kellen Moore, oh, yeah, off to the coast, L.A. Chargers. He's out to go play with the greatest quarterback in a generation, Herbie the Love Bug. Um, if, Her- if Herbert can master the six-yard curl route, him and Kellen will get along just fine. Um but with Kellen gone, it is Mike McCarthy's show. Mike loves to run the ball. We're going to see a lot of Pollard next year. Um, if that is the case going forward, I mean, obviously that depends a lot on how Mike does this year. But the future of the running back position on this team is going to be really interesting because they brought in a free agent in Ronald Jones, but that's really a Band-Aid. You got one year of Pollard who, while I think is very good, I do not think they're going to sign him at – to a long-term contract at like 28 years old. Um, that God, would be kind not. of insane. I think um, they've learned their lesson. You would think. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. Um, so I would assume that we will see a running back in the draft. Um, I, I think a second, third, fourth round, that kind of area, day two. Um, that feels like the proper placement for me. I know there are some Cowboy fans that have really fallen in love with the concept of a – Bijan Robinson, uh, you know, Gibbs from Alabama, some of these guys that are getting first round knots. Um, we'll just kind of, I guess, see who's available and, and what the Cowboys are thinking. But it feels like they're going to have to bring in someone uh, to be next up because I don't think we're going to see Tony Pollard in 2024. 
I don't think so either. Um, I I'm leery. You know, I I, I you you kind of said earlier I wasn't a huge fan of the tag. I just think too many teams have proven you don't need to give a running back ten million dollars, even if ten million's not a huge hit on the cap overall. I just really think they could find with a good O line they could find a playmaker in the draft. I mean the the big thing with Tony Pollard is why you don't need to pay a guy like Tony Pollard is the proof is Tony there's Pollard. guys like he Tony was, Pollard. Yeah. yeah. He's a fourth rounder, right? I mean, you found him and you know, it took probably because of the whole Zeke deal took forever for us to really utilize him properly. But that said, I mean, I'm, we I'm gave okay him a chance before in uh, 2020 and he did not do good when he was the sole starter. That yeah. Was, like I the mean, first game, it was not very good. I don't remember it too much. I just remember being very disappointed. I and and I do think that they've they've learned how to use Pollard better than at the time. I think they just gave Zeke's plays to Tony and had him just like run up the gut. And they've learned that like Tony does a lot better in the open field, screen passes, bubble screens, sweeps, things like that. But yeah, it remains to be seen. Now that the full workload is going to be on Tony, I mean, obviously Ronald Jones, Blake Davis, they're going to take some of the workload. You're hoping that something in the draft comes along, but it's going to be interesting to see, especially post injury. Now. Tony Pollard's injury was entirely bone. There's no, we're not talking about a, an ACL situation. So my my hope is that we're not going to see a kind of Michael Gallup-esque regression out of Tony Pollard because we do need his capabilities this year, especially given what we're paying him. But it'll be interesting to see. That's a definite question mark on the offense. Yeah, well, I think I, overall the franchise, they're just treating this, well, I think it's pretty clear, hopefully just, a much larger band-aid. I assume the whole thing, the franchise tag was because hopefully we're not going to give them another contract, but I'm guessing that they're just really kind of not going to go for running back this year. That's been my assumption when I saw that and saw what they were doing so far on the first round, at least unless someone, my, my assumption is they will only go running back in the first round. If someone that they feel is a wild fall, like if Bijan Robinson, who Bijan's the only probably one, probably a top there. 10 talent. By just like big board, if he falls to twenty six, then I could see them taking him. I could too. I don't. Okay. I don't think I would hate it the way I would in the past. I still think it's twenty six is late enough to where it feels like an early second round pick as much as it does. I think a late probably first. part of it for me too is I just don't. I personally don't love anyone at twenty six. I would hope if you know Bros brought this up too. He's like you don't give 32 round you know 32 grades guys a first round grade no so a good year there's 20 and this year i think there's less there's less so you're probably not taking anyone with the first round grade so by the time they get to 26 if he is on the board which i don't think he will i think someone will talk themselves into taking him before that but if he is at the board at 26 and he's your highest rated guy and you don't love anyone there because the one thing that they've they've sort of allowed themselves to do which they didn't last off season is they don't have a gaping need they actually addressed things in free agency and just nice for the first time in forever we're not going in with just a massive hole where it feels like dallas has to do this like dallas has to get a wide receiver or dallas has to get a tackle or whatever you know this is the first year where i don't i mean we can we can open it up now i don't know what their biggest need is in in honesty i mean i don't think they have just one position where i'm like they gotta get that figured out yeah the you know i uh we'll get into the draft and but when I was sitting down to do my draft prep sheet, I tried to think of like, what are the positions? Um, the ones that I put as biggest needs, which again, these are not gaping, uh, wide receiver, interior defensive line, running back, DB. 
Um, a lot of people are high on tight end. I'm just not. I love what we have in Ferguson and Hendershot from a potential standpoint. I think given the reps that a guy like Dalton Schultz was getting, either one of those dudes could break out. Um, now that's worth mentioning too. So Dalton Schultz, last offseason, we did this same dance with Dalton Schultz. We're like, okay, is he want getting it a long-term deal? We ended up signing him to a pretty expensive tag, another $10 million tag. I think it was um, 12, but yeah. Yeah, so um, I was going to look that up. Uh, tied in franchise tag. Um, so Spotrack said that last year, so this year he signed, funny enough, I know you're getting there, but signed a, a one-year deal. The, the market was not very big for... Yeah, uh, okay, it was 10.9. 10.9 million is what Schultz got. So he, yeah. the Cowboys offered him a three-year, $36 million deal, which, thank God this dude fumbled the bag. He was like, hell no, I'm worth way more than that. He ended up signing a one-year deal worth, quote, up to $9 million bucks with the Houston Texans. So he loses the money, and he goes to football hell. Like, absolute like bag fumble. It's about $6.5 million, uh, that he gets, and I think the rest of it was incentives. I was looking into that. Oh, that's rough, dude. He's got, I mean, he's got to pray they draft a good rookie QB that can get him the ball. Like, I mean, I guess the good news is there's, like, no one on that team that can catch other than him. So, like, he's, he's likely to get peppered, but, like, oh, what a nightmare. So, Dalton Schultz is gone. That, that is passed. And um, why there's no one else to take on that Houston team is because their number one wide receiver is now yes. wearing a new mm -hmm. jersey. Brandon Cook will be wearing number three. That is his official Cowboys number for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, last year, there was some talk about this trade happening. Uh, we offered a third. Houston wanted a second. Dallas waited him out. We get to the offseason. We get him for a fifth and a sixth next year. Not too shabby. Um, now Brandon oh, Cooks, the contract, sorry, too. oh, the yeah, way you arrange contract, we're paying him. I think he's a six million cap hit. Yeah, he, he gets half his contract is paid by Houston, uh, which is incredible. Um, this is a it's Brandon Cooks is a strange player because he has been incredibly successful. Um, he has had a 1,000 yard season for five different NFL teams, he's had over a thousand yards in. Uh, looks like seven of his 10 NFL seasons. Uh, he is 29 this year. Um, but even when he was on Houston, which has just been football purgatory for the last like half decade, he put up an 1150 yard six touchdown year in 2020 and a 1037 uh, yard six touchdown year in 2021. Last year, he was pretty checked out. Very similar situation to kind of a Amari on the Raiders when we he got him. He was pissed he didn't get traded last year. Yeah, he was totally checked out. Texans for sure. wanted a second at the time, and it, it wound up not getting traded, and he sat out two or three weeks. But he's a burner, dude. This guy absolutely still has the top-end speed to roast a lot of corners, and especially now that he's going to be able to play – second corner or second receiver possibly three in some situations like there's going to be a lot of situations where you know sauce gardener is going to be on cd and number two corner is going to be on cooks and they are going to get roasted trying to cover brandon in a straight line so i am this is exactly what the cowboys needed sure-handed 
vertical speed receiver that can take the top off. We've been begging for it. Um, this is ex- I, I'm, I was stoked about this trade when it happened. I've only gotten more excited since. I think it's we one of the much, best possible you know? trades. You know, we, basically, yeah. we, we added him for, I mean, fifth rounders. Dallas has just coveted him for too long. They love their comp picks in the fourth and fifth and sixth round. And they finally, this year, they made this move. We'll talk about another one that they made. But And I, I, I just, there's no downside. Like, if he can't play, so what? Like, he doesn't have yeah. much, you know. Like, if, if it doesn't work out, then... um. I don't know, man. Like it's it's not gonna hurt them. They didn't give up much for him, and it, it fills a clear need. It gives this team some speed, which is something they yeah. severely lack. Brandon Cooks, even though he's a small guy, five nine, he, five ten, he, I think. But yeah, okay. similar, same he, thing. He can play on the uh, he plays on the outside. He's not a slot yep. guy. A lot of guys that tiny they play slot. He's actually he's not Tyreek Hill, and no one will confuse him for that. But how Tyreek can kind of play on the outside and somehow can use his as a little guy can somehow be like a, a straight line bullet. Brandon cooks is very similar in that. I'm not saying he's got For sure. breakaway speed, but he's just, you know, he, he can, he can run a, a deep seam down the, I mean, a, a deep go just on the outside. It's just like and, and you suddenly look at this offense and it felt like at the end of that Niners game with Tony Pollard injured on the sidelines, it was CD lamb, a very diminished Michael Gallup, a Dalton Schultz who, showed his true colors in that game, in my opinion. Just absolutely worthless. And that was really it. Like, offensive capability just went out the window. Uh, and then, of course, you have Kellen calling his standard, like, six-yard curl route-based offense. Um, now, suddenly, we're looking at CD, Cooks, Hendo, and Ferg, who I'm very excited to see from a weapon standpoint. Um, obviously the Cowboys are hoping that Michael Gallup, who I think this is kind of the prove it year for him. Obviously they weren't going to cut him this off season when he still got guaranteed money on his contract. Um, they're going to hope that a year, uh, another year removed from his catastrophic injury in 2021, that he's an improved player, but there's certainly less pressure on him now, given that he will really only be being asked to be the number three guy. Um, if he can even get back to 80% of himself we will be pretty potent on the offensive end. And that's before the draft. Yeah, I think they did a really good job. I, I still want them to add more weapons. I think we entered an era of the NFL where you just can't have enough. And I do like Hendo and Ferg. Um, but, I mean, they're not. They're fine. Like, but, but me and Andy have the same philosophy on tight end where if you don't have one of the three or four best, I just don't think there's a huge difference. And so I, I, I kind of want to see what those guys I would do. say they asked, they asked Travis Kelsey. They said, Hey, among young tight ends in this league, who do you see that has potential to be on your level? And the first one out of his mouth, Jake Ferguson down in Dallas, the kid does some stuff with the ball. That's really fast, really fun to watch. So I do think Ferguson has rare athleticism for a guy, his size, um, the couple opportunities he got last year, he he made plays that Dalton Schultz dreams of making. Like he he can do stuff with the ball that Dalton Schultz just could not. Um, so I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what those guys can do. Um, I agree. I think they need to add weapons still. Um, you just can't have enough. Like you look at a team like Miami. Uh, they went out. They paid all the money on planet Earth for Tyree Kill. They immediately went and spent a first round pick on Waddle. It has been an amazing decision. Like. If they could add another receiver, Devonta Smith, they traded first and gave the bag to AJ Brown. um, Turned out great, and it turned out great. AJ Brown was awesome for them. Yep. So, 
Um, yeah, offensively, that's what it looks like. Uh, Terrence Steele will be coming back. I um, want to point out one thing on Gallup. I kind of forgot he's having off-season knee and ankle cleanup procedures. Which oh, I don't is he love. really? Ooh, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, God, I guess you just hope that works out well. Yeah, um, he's having a... I think his knee scoped and his ankle cleaned. Uh, what do they say? It breaks my heart, man, because Gallup was so damn good. Like, Gallup was our Jeremy Macklin. Like, a guy that at his – when he was in his zone, I was like, this dude could be a number one receiver for a different team. Like, an 1,100-yard, eight or nine touchdown guy. Like, those we're are getting, very respectable. We're getting further and further away from that, that great one. But, yeah, he had two surgeries, arthroscopic surgeries, on his meniscus and his – ankle and knee so that's not good dude so anyway i we loved michael gallup we 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 coined him baby des he's still only 26 that's still a wide receiver prime but it is worth pointing out that you know his career year happened four years three yeah 2019 dude and i mean i'll say this 2020 was not a bad year for him with amari and cd he's playing the number three spot he still puts up like 840 and five touchdowns that would be tremendous okay like if Michael Gallup gives you 840 and five touchdowns this year, that's an absolute success. Well, I think, too, opinion. you look at, you know, they have that passer rating when targeted. So that career yeah. year, he was the Cowboys had like a 102 stacked when targeting him. The next year, 98.2, still pretty good. Then even the year after where he got hurt, 89 point last year, 65.4. Last year was he was in the bottom 10 in the league in wide receiver separation created. Right. Like, him and, and I Schultz hate shitting on, were I both hate shitting in the on Gallup. It's just, it's just not been good. So let's no, hope for no. So yeah, because behind them, once you get past is. them, it's bad. Like Jay, they're still like, well, we we expect Jalen Tolbert to make strides. Like, let me go ahead and spoil that for you. Jalen Tolbert ain't gonna ever see the fucking light of day. All right, Jalen Tolbert's a fucking bum. All right. So you remember the one game he played and he had that like really oh. shitty injury where he lined up off sides. Yeah, dude, he like lost us the game personally <laughs> in the one snap of NFL football he played. That dude belongs in the XFL. Okay, anyway. Um, another big move. Before, so before the Brandon Cooks trade, we made another trade. And I brought love this one even more. Stephon Gilmore, Gilly the Kid, to be our number two cornerback across from Trayvon Diggs. Agreed. I love this move so much. We spent so much time last year after Anthony Brown got hurt talking about how it's so frustrating to watch this defense because they're stacked with talent, but teams are able to escape what is a very good pass rush because they can just throw in the general direction of whatever receiver is being covered by our number two corner because it's always some bum no-name. And it really bit us in the ass a couple times on like third downs and long stuff like that. Stefan Gilmore plays incredibly smart, high level football, even at his age. He's only, you know, four years, I think three or four years removed from being defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I think having a veteran presence who's a true professional like him will only do good things for everyone else in that secondary. J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson was re signed, which is an excellent move. Uh, that's going to be awesome, dude. I'm stoked we got Gilly. He's wearing 21, so Zeke's number passes to a new Cowboy. Um, but I'm very excited about Gilly. Year. The Colts were a disaster as a whole, but he actually had a very nice one year with them. Um, actually picked off Dak in that game uh, yeah. that we played against them. But, yeah, I mean, look, uh, Andy said it, former defensive player of the year. I just What I love about him, just the utmost professional. And – I think he still has something in the tank. Everyone that I've heard talk about him 
that that watches enough films says that he had a very good year. PFF, which is of course our favorite publication in the world, they gave him very, very, very high grades last year. I don't have it offhand. He, he's but. very Terrence Newman esque, you know, like he he his athletic gifts are probably behind him as far as their peak, but he is an absolute student of the craft of coverage. And he plays incredibly smart football. He has a nose for the ball. He's always in the area of passes. He gets a lot of pass breakups, passes defense, still gets an interception from time to time. Probably not going to house one when he picks and it again, off anymore. What did we give up? A fifth rounder or sixth but rounder? But again, yeah, fifth rounder for this guy. Amazing. Like, love it. And, so, and I kind of like because he's a, he's a different style player. They actually played him a ton in, in the slot. I wonder if he'll do that again or if he'll play on the outside. He used to play on the outside more. But I also just wonder – you know, he's a different than Diggs. Diggs is a risk taker. Always will be. He's going to jump. He's going to go off his man to try and jump routes. He's going to follow the quarterback's eyes. It's just, yeah, that's how he plays. And you're going to get the great picks, which I'm all for the upside that that brings. Uh, that's not Gilmore's game. You know, Gilmore's a, he's more, you know, what we had with, I guess, for lack of a different player, Byron Jones. Like he's just he's gonna stick to his guy and he's what Byron Jones wishes he was. Yeah. Although I was say he gets a little I, bit more picks. I don't want to talk down on Byron Jones. His oh, retirement yeah. this offseason was incredibly sad, dude. It made me I felt so bad for all the shit I talked about Byron Jones, dude. Like, oh, it made me hurt. Um but we were right. We were right. We shouldn't have paid <laughs> no, him and that was bad. the wrong decision. Um but to see Byron Jones who set like a world record in the broad jump in the draft say that he can no longer run or jump because of the like injuries he sustained in the NFL. Oh, God, dude. That is fucking heartbreaking. So I hope, you know, yeah. Byron is, luckily, I do know that Byron Jones is an incredibly intelligent human being, and I have zero doubt he will be incredibly successful in whatever he decides to pursue after football. Um, but lifelong, you know, physical debilitation is not what these guys sign up for. So, uh, you know, I, I wish him the best. But, yes, I agree with your assessment in comparison. I think Gilmore is an incredibly smart, much more conservative player than Diggs, but he's going to bring that um, professionalism, preparation, all those things that he's done so well on the Patriots, on the Colts, to this team, and I'm stoked for it. Plus, yeah. don't forget, he is personally a Dallas Cowboy fan. This is Who true. Isn't, Who baby? Is Who isn't, baby? Do they? I, lo I love whenever you know, we sign someone because they all reveal they were secretly Cowboys fans mm -hmm. as children, which is universal. Of course. of course, you know it's funny because when all this was happening, when free agent, you know, and, and trade started going, there was a lot of rumors. The whole um, people really wanted Stefan Diggs just because he unfollowed the Bills and he followed. Hell yeah! Not only people want him, there were people on the internet being like, "We traded for Brandon Cooks when Stefan Diggs is begging to be a Cowboy." I was like, "I don't know if he was begging, guys." <laughs> I'd say he was begging, man. <laughs> also, what would Stefan Diggs, the only good wide receiver in Buffalo, cost Dallas to another team that's trying to win a Super Bowl? What would that cost to ascertain? I'm going to guess oh, dude, multiple three firsts. firsts. Yeah. All I'll say is clearly based off the Instagram stuff, that was in the bag. Front office just fumbled it. <laughs> fumbled it, dude. Just absolute fumble by the by Jerry and the well, boys. The other one people thought was a terrible uh, move was uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey, who yep. Micah and Diggs were openly flirting with on social media and trying to get to Dallas. And he... He was a huge Dallas fan, but then he felt we fucked him by taking Zeke over him because he yep. apparently thought he was coming. So he's always held a grudge against us for that. Kinda but anyway, the Moss thing going. Yeah, but anyway, people still thought there was a chance there, and he actually did wind up getting traded for honestly 
relatively Peanuts. good deal. Yeah, I guess the contract's high. You got to eat the yeah. 20 mil he's going to get, which is way different than Gilmore, who I think is only getting eight or something. Yeah. I don't think it's that bad. So I think we made the right choice. I think the Cowboys made the conservative but correct decision in both uh, big blockbuster moves. Like leading up to the Brandon Cooks trade, there was a lot of discussion around, obviously, Odell, a lot of discussion around DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know that those names are more exciting than Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks came cheap. He came recently very productive. Hopkins is coming off of like injury, steroid suspensions. He makes $27 million a year. None of those things are great. Odell is such a wild card, complete, you know, question mark from injury. Same age as Brandon Cooks, but coming off an of injury hasn't played football in a year, and he wants big money. And then, yeah. you know, I, I think sometimes Dallas has aired too much on the side of bargain binning. I think this was a good meet in the middle where they gave up Agreed. a little bit and they found productive players, not guys they're just hoping – you know, we're good players. at one And they point. retained, I think, some of their most valuable like role player talent. You know, like it's, it's not going to make the huge headlines um, except among Dallas fans. But keeping players like Donovan Wilson, keeping players like Leighton Vander Esch, keeping players like Jonathan Hankins, keep, all those guys are crucial role players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think I think Dan Quinn has really built over the, the couple seasons he's been here. He's really sculpted that unit. I mean, people forget. That in 2020, when Mike Nolan was the defensive coordinator of this team, this was the worst defense in franchise history. Like, yeah. literally in the entire time Dallas Cowboys have existed, they were the worst it's ever been. And now Dan has his, pretty much his guy at every position. I think and there's look, a really good chance awesome the best defense That's awesome for Micah. It's awesome for Trayvon. We, we, we have a third, you know, that he's there. He's here for the third year. They can grow again with him. These guys, you know, those are your two center linchpins. Um, and, you know, they brought LVE back. They brought Jonathan Hankins back. As you said, they brought Donovan Wilson back. Uh, Javon Curse has still got one more year left on his contract. So he'll be back. They brought Malik Hooker back. So he's going to, so they're going to have the three safeties that they had last year. Um, I mean, they're just in a really good position uh, where they don't have a, a glaring weakness. They could use a little bit better D-line, sure. Yeah, uh, like interior D-line, like I said, I think that, that they could use that. Obviously, you could always use more weapons. Long-term solution at running back would be nice. Backup quarterback, I mean, they re-signed Cooper Rush. Could you be better there? Absolutely. You could always use more offensive linemen, especially with the, the Tyron Smith era probably winding down here. But overall, I have to say, I think this is one of the most, at least the most satisfied I've been personally with Dallas offseason in quite some time. I thought they did a tremendous job addressing their needs without doing anything insane uh, and retaining guys that I felt like were really crucial to the equation. And I'm right, sure, that's a really for success. Kept Vanderesh. Yeah, yeah, I liked that, man. Yeah. Vanderesh came off a really good year, dude. He was very, we, very our, good last year. Our, our love-hate affair with LVE has been so funny because me and Andy – Hated him when we first drafted him. Then he had his all-pro year. Because it wasn't Derwin, dude. Like we yeah. wanted Derwin so bad, we came close. We were within two picks. We ended up with Der- with LVE. We were convinced he was going to suck. Then he did. He's it. He was awesome. First team all-pro as a fucking rookie. Then he turned, regresses. Gets yeah, hurt. regresses. Then gets hurt. Then like kind of fights his way back. Obviously, him and Jalen were supposed to be the like next ten years best linebacker core ever. Jalen Smith gets a huge contract. Turns out to be a total bum 
Yeah. After I bought his jersey, of course. I mean, that's on me. Um, LVE regresses, kind of fights his way back. And then last year, like, LVE, dude, made some big fucking plays. LVE was, was the glue, you know? Because they it freed up Micah to kind of do his thing. Like, you need presence in the center so that Micah Parsons is free to do whatever the DQ can dream of. He's the for queen. Micah He's the queen on the chessboard. He's the Correct. queen on the chessboard. And I, I love playing him edge, and they'll probably play him edge Ooh. 90% of snaps. But... I do. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought do. you were saying LVE was queen. And I was like, no, no. But I was like, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. No, but now, yeah, Micah, you can, you can, you can basically put him anywhere. I think he's at his best when you can be versatile with him and, and LVE being back allows Dallas to have that. Otherwise, you know, agreed, agreed. And they kept DQ, which that was kind of the first move of the off season. It happened so long ago. It feels like forever, but retaining Dan Quinn despite getting, him getting rid of multiple head coach offers and getting rid of Kellen. I mean, that's my dream oh. move set right there. What's from the coaching okay. about uh, Kellen? What if he does phenomenal to chargers? What would your so, thoughts on that be? I'm gonna say I expect I, Kellen to do very well for the first seven to eight games of the year. Like he does every year. I think Kellen's offense is really good until someone figures it out. And then again, they, they shut down. It okay. happened to us twice. The Chargers' old offensive coordinator, Lombardi, was one of the most hated. As much as we hated Kellen, we at least begrudgingly could admit that Kellen had some good games or good moments. Charger fans, and there's only like a dozen of them in the world, but they all (laughs) unanimously hated Joe Lombardi. Yeah, they Um, did. The guys that I listen to podcasts that love Justin Herbert or big Herbert stands have him at the second-best quarterback in the the league, which is insane. insane. But but they're, they always hated the offense that they were in and how they ran it. So I think Kellen will be a step up. I think two things can be true where he had hit his ceiling here and Dallas just needed something different. I mean, we see coaches leave all the time that are still competent coaches, but at some point you just, you gotta, you gotta Andy Reed's on. a perfect example, dude. Like his time in Philly just ran out. Like they, the locker room was not listening to him. The media and fans had turned on him. He needed oh, even Doug Peterson start. in Philly. Yeah, you know, he's been sure. good in Jacksonville. And he went to KC. Dan Quinn, yeah. Dan Quinn in Atlanta. They took Dan him to a Quinn Super Bowl. Dan Quinn is a great example, too. And then eventually, yeah. you know, and I know he he took a coordinator role, but I think, I guess my point is, Zach, I actually think Kellen might grow going to a new system and not being in Dallas, and I think they will be a better offense than they were last year, but I'm not going to regret I will not getting miss rid him. of him. Yeah. I'm, now, now, because I think getting rid of him was the right move. Do I think we're, you know, this is an interesting point to bring up now. It's all on Mike now because Mike's calling yeah. the plays. Oh, he called. Quick, oh, I just sure. want to say my own thoughts on that, which is basically sure. in line with yours. I also agree. Even if Kellen Moore does phenomenal and is like next year after this gets a head coaching job because how good he was, I won't regret getting rid of him. Yeah. Like he just was you not going to work out here. Yeah. And look, they, they had, run into the same problems multiple times. Like he, he had clearly had some good moments. You know, I think Stern put it really well. And I, uh, I sent it to Andy. I don't have it off cuff anymore. So I'll, I'll try to paraphrase, but he, he essentially said something along the lines, like he can call good individual plays. Like that's even very brilliant. well broadcasted in brilliant plays, but too many times there was no flow and no structure to when those plays were called and how they connected to one each other. And I think yeah. that's very, true of Kellen. I mean, there were many times even third or fourth down. I mean, he called a brilliant game against uh, Tampa. I mean, that's that last touchdown to CD or whoever it was, was fucking awesome. I can't remember, but uh, 
he had a, a bunch of those nice moments. It just it never really felt like he this thing ever got fully humming at times, you know. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. And it is all on Mike, um, which I think is good in two directions. One, uh, we get rid of Kellen, we get this new voice. Mike, people forget that there was a time when Mike McCarthy was like the new hotness in NFL offensive play calling. He won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Mike has his own offensive philosophy. Like, I want to see that. Two is Mike can't hide behind anyone else anymore when it comes to the offense. Mm-hmm. If the same thing happens again this year, Mike's gone. And I think most Cowboy fans would say that that is a good thing. Like, if Mike McCarthy gets to divisional round and loses and the Cowboys score 17 points, uh, Mike McCarthy needs to, to go. And this will enable that to be – he will be front and center high visibility, so that will enable the decision to be a lot easier. And look, we did bring in an offensive coordinator that people rolled their eyes at, Brian Schottenheimer. But again, that's his job is lessened now since he's not calling the plays. He's just a voice that Mike respects in the room to help design the offense. Um, yeah. And I think the big takeaway we'll see without Kellen was Kellen in this offense just loved fucking curl routes. They just ran the oh. shit out of them. And and that's not one of Schottenheimer's or back in the day McCarthy. Beyond just loving curl routes, he just hated going vertical, dude. He just never attacked down the field. We threw the ball deep to CD like one time per game. And CD Lamb over the course of last season, and, and I say this as like maybe the resident and biggest CD doubter in the entire state of Texas. By the end of last year, CD Lamb had emerged as a legitimate top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And I think I could be overstating. I think CD Lamb has it in him. He has enough room left in his growth track where CD Lamb could become one of those truly elite game breaker, uncoverable guys. But he has to be able to go vertical, take take the fight to the other team, and you cannot do that just catching eight-yard routes and hoping to break one. Like, C.D. Lamb is great with the ball in his hands in the open field. It's one of his, like, best – the best parts of his game. He needs to get the ball further down the field, and hopefully we will see more of that because Kellen seemed to be a little, in, like, allergic to balls traveling farther well, again, than 12 yards I think in the air. What we want to see is is – Dallas was always like the the cheat codes, quote unquote, in the NFL or the things that make quarterbacking easier. Play action. It's littered with it, right? The NFL. Man in motion. You see that all the time. And those were just two areas where Dallas was always average to below average. We never really put a lot of those easy plays in. So I hopefully, you know, we get more of that, but we'll see. I think that's all on Kellen. Um Let's see, we did Cooks, we did the trades. Um, anyone we didn't talk about before we go to draft? Zach, any anything we missed off top? No, not that I can think of. I think we covered all the big ones. I'm trying to I think that's it. Um but yeah, overall, tremendous offseason from the oh, front office. Uh little mm-hmm. celebratory Noah Brown's it is finally dead. Oh yeah, Noah Brown's <laughs> gone. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh man, how great is that? He's also on the Houston. Also Texans. the Texans, you know. Good for them. They're the new Raiders, dude. Whoever the worst team in the league is currently always takes the Cowboys scraps. And dude, the Houston Texans lining up Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown. Like, holy shit. It's like given that the Cowboys have been the number one offense, that's like seeing a really fast car and being like, damn, 
I'm going to get the fuzzy dice and the sticker from the back windshield of that car. And then I'll be the number one fastest car in the world. Like, ah, no, that's not the piece of, okay, sure. Go for it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot like when Belichick has success and everyone's like, Oh, Hey, you were around Belichick. Great. Maybe you're smart. And, and there's so many of his fucking assistants have just sucked ass. Cause they're not Belichick. God, and they or, all try to do their every, weird Belichick impression. Offense- Every offensive coordinator in the world that Peyton Manning's have that's gone on and not had Peyton Manning's looked way more human. <laughs> Dude, who was homeboy that coached the Jets that was like the worst of them? Oh, Adam Gase. Yeah, dude, Adam Gase. Holy shit, he coached he coached Manning for like that one year on the Broncos, like and they genius. were like, "He's a genius." Yeah. <laughs> so, and dude, like, what's hilarious is like every guy that caught a ball for that team went on to sign a huge deal. Like tight ends that never played another snap in the league got huge deals from like Jacksonville, and then Adam Gase went to the Jets, and it quickly became clear that he had like no idea what he was doing. And Peyton Manning had been like ninety eight percent of their success. One of those threads that showed every single player that had left an Adam Gase offense and become a better player. And it was, it was, it was like 40 guys. It's a laundry list of people. God, that sucks. That's hilarious. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get into the draft here. So we are, uh, within a month, less than a month, four, uh, four weeks to be exact of the, uh, 2023 NFL draft. Dallas will pick 26th. Uh, they've got quite a number of picks. They traded a couple away, obviously some fifths, but we had three fifths going into this year. So now we have the standard one fifth round pick. Uh, after one getting pick in every round, at this yeah, point. which is great. That's tremendous. We still have basically every normal pick we would have. Uh, one weird thing is there's only 31 picks in the first round this year because Miami forfeits theirs. Um, but otherwise, we are getting into it. So, like we said, Hold on a second. I don't remember this. Why is Miami forfeiting? They they openly tried to tamper with Tom Brady. Yeah, they, was, they tried to like just basically break the rules and be like, please come play quarterback for us, Tom Brady. Like while Tua was still like recovering from the, the horrific door. head injury that yeah. they had. I completely missed that. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they really they talked to him. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I thought at first was pretty uh penile, but you know what? Do you Dude, what a just a hilarious. So we got Tom Brady who's busy losing half his net worth to a crypto scam led by a, a dork. Uh, in FTX, and his life's falling apart. The Miami is destroying their own quarterback via head injuries and tampering with another quarterback while he's dealing with that. Which what a hilarious set of you know hijinks that they got up to. Florida's great. Their so, team is so sick. If Tua wasn't bad, I know it sucks. Like it does. Waddle, Tyreek, and. Ramsey and dude and Zane Howard. Howard. Yeah, they got dudes. They got tight. dudes. So then they'll figure it out. Uh, I don't like their head coach. He's he's a. Uh, I find him to be dude, quite entertaining. And that same uh, one of those scatter plots that Andy sent me. That was basically guys against man coverage and guys against zone coverage. And it's like their average. I don't know, maybe catch or tar. I can't remember. And it. it it just showed all the, the the NFL wide receivers. Maybe it was the separation one you sent me. Yeah, Tyree Kill was just I don't the furthest stratosphere. Right be it's like when you look at those golf graphs. And Waddle wasn't it much shows everyone, lettuce, and then it dude. showed Tiger Woods on a different planet. And yeah. Waddle was like you know a, a pitiful satellite. You know what I mean? Just like you know, still above everyone else, but like not quite Tyreek. So yeah, absurd. Um, but. 
the Cowboys are in a fortunate position. They don't have like some glaring hole. So it's other teams aren't going to be able to like game plan around what the Cowboys will pick. Um, there's been talk, you know, going in, everyone kind of thought they were going to take a wide receiver, but after the Brandon Cooks trade, that's less likely or at least less of an it, absolute honestly. need. I, I do too. Um, but uh, we can do this however you guys want. I have a set of positions and guys at each of those positions that I've kind of scouted out. Uh, if we want to like I want take Zach. some of those positions and go through guys we like or – I want Zach to to – I want, who do you want? What position do you want the most? If it's a if it's a clean world and you just get to pick one position to to take the best guy at that position. My first thought and gut was lineman. O line, really? not a bad decision, honestly. Which Thinking one? Went that, guard or tackle? Oh shit! Uh, probably guard. Just in theory, just wanted to just go all in this year. Yeah, that's my thought. Like immediate, because okay. you can't term, immediately plug in a lineman. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. long term, probably a wide receiver. I mean, I think the what we have now is good, but you know, some of these guys are getting kind of old. We need someone new True. coming up with C- the running back if we can. Another corner would also always be great. Initially, my thought was going to be corner before this offseason, Actually, that or wide receiver, but I would say. Yeah. No, I'd still go with corner for my second pick. There is no good interior lineman left. But yeah, I'd say if we can get that line shored up some with what we already have, and yeah, makes everyone better. Yeah, it's just a full uh, force multiplier. So agreed. Okay, agreed. Ben, where do you stand? Wide receiver. Yeah, I. I think go a weapon. Um, I don't have any position that I'm just absolutely enamored with that I think Dallas needs to go, but I would say wide receiver and corner would probably. I'm really just anti tight end at this point. I keep seeing mock drafts where we take this kid, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. He's like 29 years old, he's a billion (laughs) years old. He is not that productive. (laughs) He's 23. Four, I think, but yeah, that's a billion in fucking NFL years. But it is older. I remember texting you and was like, "Ah, dude, this guy's fucking old." I I have paid the most attention to wide receiver because that's where I really thought we were going to be picking. Um, there's been an, uh, there's been some names like I Quentin Johnson has been at the top of the wide receiver rankings for most of the last year. He's fallen a little bit recently. So he's this huge kid. He's like 6'6", played for TCU. I am very anti this guy. I'm not impressed with his capabilities outside of the size. Only, uh, I don't see it. in the end. Uh, dude, see, like, down here. Um, so for me, the guys I had at wide receiver, Zay Flowers from Boston College, Jackson Smith and Chigba from Ohio State, Jordan Addison from USC, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, Josh Downs from UNC. Um, something notable here of these five guys, one of them, no, two of them, sorry, two of them are above six feet and they're both exactly six feet. Jalen Hyde is six feet tall. Jackson Smith and Jigba, JSN, is six feet tall. But Zay Flowers is 5'9. Jordan Addison's 5'11. Josh Downs is 5'9. Um, but these dudes can ball, dude. Like, you look at a guy like Zay Flowers. He, he was first team all ACC, runs a 4 4 2, put up 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns up in the cold. 
Um, Jalen Hyatt, absolute burner at Tennessee, tw- one bullet in the cough this year. 1,200, you know, almost 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. He had What's 207 and five TDs versus Bama. Yeah, the, the wide receiver rankings have moved rapidly, you know, yeah. at this time of year. Because I remember for a while, people thought Cedric Tillman, his teammate, might go ahead of him. Yep. Which was crazy to me. But now Hyatt seems to be the, the more favorite. I think this is going to be a really strange draft where you see people take people that are just really farly ranked on anyone's big board. Like, I think you're going to see some really crazy picks. Um, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but as oh, far no, as go. receivers go, um, my personal pet was Zay Flowers. For a while, I thought he might be in the second round, like I said, a month ago when we started doing this and, and looking at potential picks. Um, yeah, he was a guy that had kind of flown under the radar, was supposed to go kind of late second. He's now catapulted into the first. He probably goes off the board before 26 now, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, to me, just screams, and, and I know this is going to be really high praise, but he gives me big Antonio Brown vibes. I've seen that comp a hundred times, dude. Uh, a I just, lot of people see the same skill set. Yeah, it's just something about him. I don't know, the, the way he gets separation at the top, the way he... Uh, the way I don't know, just the way his body moves in like open field, the way he he can make a catch for a five nine guy in he's track. He's tough like, five nine, dude. Yeah. He's yeah. incredibly tough well, he's for a dude than that's his, pretty small in stature. Yeah. Absolutely, Jordan Addison interests me. Um, so he's 5'11", 173, runs a four four nine. So this dude won the Bolitnikov Award, the nation's top wide receiver, in twenty twenty one when he was on Pitt. Uh, he had sixteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns then. As the reigning Bolitnikoff winner and first-team All-American, he transferred for his senior year to USC to play with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and really kind of laid an egg. Uh, like 800 yards, like five touchdowns, torched his draft stock, unfortunately. I still think he's going to go in the first round, probably ahead of our pick. Um, but he is an intriguing athlete, Uh Definitely has put up the numbers before, but we didn't see it last season. Um, Jalen Hyatt is really the vertical threat. He's kind of a one-trick pony. He's really just I go deep every time, and I burn a lot of dudes, but I don't hate that. I think an intriguing one for me, and one that I feel like is maybe the most um, it within our grasp, is Josh Downs out of North Carolina. Uh, another small guy, 5'9", 171, runs a 4.48. He put up a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns, uh, and in 2021, he put up 1,308 TDs. Um, he was first-team All-American for PFF and second-team All-American for every other publication. Um, Josh Downs has probably the most polished route tree among any of the wide receivers I've watched film on. Uh, JSN is also incredibly, incredibly polished. Um, but I think Josh Downs is going to be there when we pick, certainly in the first, but maybe even in the second round. And I would not mind getting uh, what I think will turn out to be maybe one of the better slot wide receivers in the National Football League at some point in this draft. Um, so that would be cool. I like that. I love Zay Flowers. I'm just like you. I worry that his draft stock has just risen too far too fast, and we're going to see him go off the board, especially because there are – multiple teams that are wide receiver starving that pick like right in a row before us. I've seen many mocks where like three wide receivers go in a row in the teams because of the teams that pick there. Yeah. You know, right in front of us, I mean, everyone in their the world thinks that 
the New York Giants are taking a wide receiver. So, they need one desperately. God, yeah, and, yeah. And that hurts. I mean, they're literally going to pick in front of us. So I would imagine that's something that they would would consider. A lot of people think Minnesota and uh, Baltimore right in front. I've seen wide receivers go to both, especially Baltimore. They're desperately in need of one. Although I don't know, they they cast out Lamar Jackson, so I have no idea. What Baltimore's strange. Maybe. You know. Baltimore has Lamar Baltimore has never in the history of their organization drafted a Pro Bowl wide receiver ever. Yeah, wow, track record's so, bad. I mean, Hollywood was okay, but man, they've hit some bad ones. Real, real. I mean, they one they don't draft receivers that often. They don't take those swings, and two, when they do, they're big misses. Um, the other one. The, uh, oh, no, before ahead, the. Uh, Podcast is over. I I want to sit around and talk briefly about Lamar Jackson's situation. Yeah, sure. me and Ben have talked right. a little about that too. It's very interesting. Um, yes. The other the other uh, position I think that people have looked at now is obviously the the right. market What's for your running favorite? backs. Sorry, go real quick. Who yeah, you, you said Downs is your favorite. If they're, I, if they're Downs, there. I think is the most reachable for us. Like I know we can get him. My favorite yeah. is is probably. Zay or I know, I've been I've been on Zay. Hard. I'm slowly kind of falling in love with Jordan Addison as a player, but again, I'm just worried that both of those dudes are going to be gone. Um, I do want to say this: Dallas has only drafted two wide receivers in the first round since 2010, and that was Des Bryant and Ceedee Lamb. So, <laughs> pretty damn good success they're, rate they're not the rest of the league. Not and the other first that they traded was for Amari Cooper, who smashed. So, you know, three. Three for three, basically using their first rounders on some form of wide receiver. So if they do take a wide receiver, I'm gonna be pretty hyped. Even if it's that kid from TCU that go doesn't love, I'll, I'll still be hyped. Dude, I swear to God, I swear to God, I really hope we don't do that. But um, I mean, I'll say this: I think he'll be gone anyway. To be honest, yeah. And JSN has had a weird rise and fall too. So Jackson Smith and Jigba was on. So two years ago, he on or in 2021. He's in a wide receiver core with Garrett Wilson, the current like offensive rookie of the year, and Chris Olave, who was the offensive rookie of the year in his year. He's also and then as a freshman that year is Marvin Harrison Jr., who I personally think is the best wide receiver of all of them. He's coming out next year. Next I think year. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be maybe the best wide receiver in the last decade to come out of college football. But in that loaded wide receiver room. Six foot, one ninety seven, sophomore, four five two, unofficial forty time. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who mostly plays slot, put up sixteen hundred and nine touchdowns, and was the best receiver on the team. He was better than Garrett Wilson. He was better than Chris Olave. So Jackson has certainly produced big time. Then, but he's also had injury trouble, and then had a pretty shitty combine. Um, but his draft stock has definitely risen over the last month or so. So I think he will be gone. I, I expect him to be the first wide receiver off the board at this point, but they've all had interesting rises, man, rises and falls. It's been a weird year where we don't really know who the first wide receiver will be. Usually I feel like we know the guy. Yeah. And usually, and you know, if they're going high or not, this one's really interesting between those top three or four guys. So, um, but outside of wide receiver, I know that you know offensively, there's been uh, a lot of looks at at the line, and then obviously the other weapon positions for Dallas. Um, there's been talk of us taking the guard out of Florida. 
Um, even with the talk of steel coming back, they've talked about slotting yeah, steel in. That's at someone guard. to watch. That's someone to watch for you, Zach. If you if you want, I've seen a lot of people say that we might get this uh, Osiris Torrance. He's from Florida. He's a big oh, fuck, boy. But they like Osiris. He's gonna be fucking yeah. great. It, it is a cool sick name. name. He it sounds is. like a he sounds like a uh, you know Primark of a space marine <laughs> agent. So uh, it could work out. Um, but uh, when it, outside of that, obviously. Every fucking year, I swear, people think Dallas should take a tight end in the first round. We were the Kyle Pitts parade up until draft night. Um, but obviously, running back has some focus this year because Zeke has departed, because our current starting running back is only on the tag. Because um, the number one running back coming out is from UT. Absolutely. And running back is a weird position now, whereas before, like the best running back in the nation was almost always going to go in the top five. Now you can be the best all-world running back ever, and you might go, you know, in the later first round. And that there has been—I've seen plenty of mocks where Bijan Robinson, who has been an absolute world beater for two years at, at UT, um, you know, this year at Texas, this guy's 5'11", 215, runs a four-four-six. He put up fifteen eighty and eighteen touchdowns on the ground. First-team All-American. He's the fourth all-time leading rusher in UT history, which. If you know anything about UT football, that's pretty good company. He was the Dick Walker Award winner this year. Um, there are mocks where he gets all the way to 26. So There's even people who grade running backs, and they say just on a pure who's the best player in the draft, He's he's everyone has him as a top 10 talent, maybe yeah. top five talent. He is certainly talented. Uh, he is the – man, I, I always say this. I think Deion Robinson – has is living at this point one of the coolest lives so like he was he came into college during the nil era he is like the undisputed face and star of ut football which in austin like that's the professional team so he is he has an nil deal with lamborghini of austin so he has spent the last two years being basically owning this city and driving around in a free lamborghini aventador at like 19 years old and making several million dollars so uh, not a terrible way to spend your college years. Um, right behind him is Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, which is a weirder situation because he didn't put up like astounding numbers, like less than a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, third team All American, All SEC. Um, but people love him for his like scat back abilities. He's kind of the Tony Pollard uh, archetype. He's, everyone wants to keep comparing him to Alvin Kamara. Just yes. that guy, kind of do it all out of the backfield supposed to be a great route runner maybe not a great pure rusher in between the tackles i mean that's what we used to say about like you said pollard but correct uh impressive in space and can can catch and run with his hands a very modern running back now if those two guys are gone which i don't really necessarily i'm not really six by the way yes he does i'm not rooting for us to take a running back in the first round so these next three guys, these are kind of the dudes I have really focused in on. And I know two of these dudes Ben likes. Uh, first mm -hmm. is Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Uh, smaller guy, 5'10", but 200 pounds, runs a 4'4". Put up 15, 81, and 19 touchdowns for the Tulane Green Wave. Uh, no one watches Tulane football, but this dude was an absolute His monster. highlight video, and I know everyone's highlight video is sick. It is sick. sick. It's it stupid. Is it, it looks like high school. It looks like high school film. It looks like he's just so much better than everyone on the field. Um, next up is Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. Uh, talk about tiny. This dude's five five, dude. Five five one seventy nine runs a mighty mouse three. man. Yeah, put up sixteen hundred and nine touchdowns this year. Fourteen hundred and eighteen TDs in twenty twenty one. First team All American. 
all Big 12. And then my personal pet cat of the running back position, a guy I think we can get in maybe even the third or fourth round, uh, Israel Abanaconda out of Pitt. Okay, this dude's 5'11", 215. He runs a 4'5", which those are not numbers that pop off the page for running back. But this dude is a gamer, okay? Last year on 239 touches, 1,431 yards, 20 touchdowns. He's north of 6.5 yards a carry. Um, this dude has incredibly light usage in college. He has less than 500 total carries in his entire college career. So he's coming in incredibly fresh. He is 21 years old. Very, his body has not taken the punishment a lot of these other guys have. I mean, a guy like Deuce Vaughn has taken two, 300 carries every year for yeah. four years. Um, Izzy is going to come in fresh. He's very much in the Pollard mold as far as, you know, did not see a ton of wear and tear in college, so he's going to come in a little fresher. And he is a dynamic playmaker, both in the running game and the passing game. 20 touchdowns on the ground speaks for itself. But he's one of these dudes like Pollard where every time he touches the ball, it can be a home run. Um, a third or fourth round pick here, I think, would be beautiful. I was going to ask what round he thought he was going into. And it's tough to, to really know. I don't know where they're, they're mocking him that deep but yeah he's he's on big boards as far as running back goes like when i look at all running backs ranked he's square him and deuce are both in that 10 to 12 range as far as like 10th to 12th best running back by a lot mm -hmm. of big boards which makes me think like he can definitely make it to that end of the second uh beginning of the third day of the draft um so that'd be great um so running back is something to keep an eye on i do think they'll try to draft someone to be uh, to you know, bring up behind Pollard so that if and when the Pollard situation is is you know resolved, whether that's he moves on, et cetera, um, there is someone to kind of take the reins. A guy, if you do end up with a guy like Bijan Robinson, um, it won't be my favorite pick in history. But at the same time, having a guy like Bijan Robinson will not hurt my feelings. He is an well, incredibly. It'll make sense. Back. You'll have your guy for five years, four Absolutely. years at least. Whether if you want that. Yeah, that's you. You would hope uh, that you are basically at if if at twenty six you get a guy that gives you the first four years that Zeke had. I mean, that's an absolute grand slam of a pick. And that is one thing about running back is it is one of the positions where unlike some others, I mean, tight end is you know famously it takes a while to develop. Wide receiver can take you know sometimes dudes bust out immediately as rookies, but it can take a year or two. Um, what, running back is a position that we often see the value of a they they earn their draft position unlike some other positions. So, you know, Zeke was well, absolutely so worth go, what we paid for him. I want to go back to tight end and just say that that's my big problem with people who want to take tight end in the first round. And plus, if you look at the last few years, like second round tight ends actually have a higher hit rate than first round tight ends. Well, and all but, the best tight ends are not first round tight yeah, ends. Yeah. And if you look at the two <laughs> best, it's like Travis Kelsey, who I think went third, and George Kittle, who went fifth. So look, I, I just don't think the NFL has shown a very good ability to project what tight ends are going to make the leap from college to pro. And because of that, I just don't want to use the 26 pick on one. If we do, you know, me and Andy talked about it. I don't really want Dalton Kincaid older, I, although maybe older, maybe breaks out quicker. I don't know. I just, I just don't think there's enough value in a tight end. Now, if you hit a home run on a tight end, yeah, 
It's great, like any position. I just don't think <laughs> the NFL has shown a great ability to do that. And Dallas, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in hitting the right one. Yeah, I mean, look at first-round tight ends. Okay, let's go just from 2010. Jermaine Gresham. I mean, oh, God, did I everything him. you could have possibly done as a tight end in college. I thought he was going to be a baller. Bust. Tyler Eifert, one-year wonder. Eric Ebron, another of these generational, going to change the very nature of the tight end position. Never seen an athlete like this before. He was okay. <laughs> David Njoku, paid very well, uh, not very good. Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, Hayden Hurst, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts. Of those guys, I think Kyle Pitts had the best single season. and. And he only he did it disappeared once. Disappeared last year. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, TJ Hawkinson was fine. I just don't like if that's yeah. what you get. I mean, what does that get you? You know, like same yeah, with Dallas. It just Goddard. doesn't move I, the needle, guess, dude. Yeah, like Dallas Goddard's a good tight end. I know he went second round for Philly, but that's like I just I struggle with what he brings a lot of value to Philly. So I'm not going to say that they actually build their offense somewhat around him. But I I don't know, man. I just there's not many teams who, who run their things to the tight end. And uh, I think finding one of those guys is a much harder ask. And so spending a first round pick to try and identify one of those guys seems uh, just doesn't seem like the best way to live. Yeah, I agree. And you look at like over the last same period of time, last 10 years, second, third, fourth round are where the best tight ends come from. Jimmy Graham, Zach Ertz, Kittle, Kelsey, like these are not first round guys. So, yeah, I'm wary of taking a tight end first round. I don't see a tight end this year. You could convince me the kid from Notre Dame, Michael Mayer, will be good. He's been productive. Uh, a lot he's of very people polished. like Darnell Washington. He's a – I also about this, he's an athletic freak. I don't know if he's a great football player yet. He's the second he's, best tight end on his own team. And, yes, I would love his teammate next year. I'll take Bowers in a fucking heartbeat. But Bowers is very good. Brock Bowers would be sick. But um, other than that, I've never craved wanting a tight end. Yeah. So it missed me with the Dalton Kincaid talk. Uh, no desire for that. Um, and then my last big one here, uh, defensive back. Um, this has been another position where there's been a ton of movement, man. Like when we started, when I started there's looking no, into the drafts. There's no sauce gardener this year. Yes. Yeah. Um, when I started looking into this, uh, I really fell in love immediately with Joey Porter Jr. Uh, not only was he really good, but he was being projected at the back of the first round. He was achievable. He was a guy a lot of mocks had us going to, especially before Correct. the Gilmore trade. Yeah. And now suddenly Joey Porter Jr. is a top 15 pick. And we can't oh, get him. Yeah. No, I haven't um, seen a mock in the last 20 days where he hasn't been top 20 at least. Correct. So. But I do love Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. I think he's great. Brian Branch, the safety from Bama, would not be set, would not be upset with it. Um Kelly Ringo at this point. The corner from Georgia. Uh, the kid is 6'2", 207, and runs a 4'3", 6". Um, this is another guy that was like top, top 10 at the beginning, and then now suddenly he's captain second round. Very strange. Um, but yeah, like you said, there is no Sauce Gardner this year where you're just, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see. So if they go corner, Dan Quinn has one requirement. He likes tall guys. He likes yeah, long. He wants range. And so Joey Porter Jr., six two and a half, he would give you that. Um, 
you know, Kaylee, uh, Keely Ringo six, two. So just something yep. to watch for. Yep. Uh, and I'll also throw out Cam Smith from South Carolina. I've seen that um, too. He's, he's a guy going late first, early second. You know. Yep. Four, four, three, six, one. Um, now the, the late comer to this party is this kid from Oregon. Um, who suddenly like, I didn't even see this kid's name like a month or two ago. And then suddenly like overnight, he's the first corner off the board. Um, I'm trying to look up his name. I think it's Gonzalez. Uh, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. uh, When Richard Sherman was talking about the draft, I heard his, his things. He's, he really likes Keely Ringo. He says he's falling, you know, because there's flaws on tape and he says his flaws are those that are easily correctable. You can't say that out to everybody. And so anyway, Richard does tend to know what he's talking about when it comes to playing cornerback in the NFL. So, so yeah, overall, man, I love the position the Cowboys are in for this draft. Um, they truly can take the best player available. They can let this draft come to them. They're not, I don't think they're likely to be in a position where other teams are like jumping one spot ahead of them to take their guy. Cause no one really knows who their guy is. Um, if they have a first round grade on a dude and it falls to 26, I think they'll snap them up. Uh, my only hope and request is I have two things I don't like that the Cowboys do. One is please don't take one of these like third best tight end in the draft at 26. That's stupid. Two is do not do the Taco Charlton thing again. If a guy sucked in college, it's so unlikely that he's going to be good and put it together in professional football. So when I see these draft picks where it's like, yeah, you know, he only got one career sack in college at the end, but he has got all the tools and, you know, they really think he'll put it together. I don't like that. So stay away from that. Go get a guy that can make an instant impact. I think our window is shrinking, if not outright closing in the near future. Um, So go get me a guy that can make an instant impact on offense or defense. I would love an offensive weapon more than anything, Um, but I trust the Cowboys to draft really well in the first round. They've done it pretty much year in and year out. Um, That's my take. Yeah, I, I echo a lot of the same sentiments as we we tend to do at this time of year when we we spend a we spend a lot of non podcast time talking about the draft and eventually it feels like by the time we get here we have, we have a lot of guys that we're very much on the same same wavelength with. Uh, I do have one, you know, I don't have a ton of guys going late that I love. I, I DJ Turner is a guy that I would really like second third round uh, corner out of Michigan. Um, most people Good think player. he's probably going third, but I just. Four two six speed, love that. He's right about six feet. So um, I don't know. You could you can always you can't teach elite speed. So that's a guy yeah, I would I would I would really like to uh, see what they do with him. Um, I don't have a ton of other guys as you said. I mean Spears was my running back kind of cat. He's almost jumped up. He was going like fifth round when I really liked him. I've seen him go all the way up to third now. But running back is going to be one of those positions that's really wild to watch in the draft is when guys go and how early they go and um especially Bijan and gibbs because that'll kind of set the Most whole definitely. thing in motion but one guy I'll, I'll give you late round guy uh had a private workout for the cowboys today actually tank dell out of houston wide receiver 510 155 uh a burner um this guy has been houston's almost their entire offense for the last two years so Last year, he put up 1,329 yards and 12 touchdowns. This year, he put up 1,398 and 17 touchdowns. Uh, He is a home run threat anywhere he gets the ball in the field. He's also their punt and kick returner. Um, 
And he's a guy that I could definitely see them pulling, uh, you know, throw, throwing a, a flyer on at like, you know, fourth, fifth round and later. Um, obviously, the size is a bit of a concern because uh, he's not just a 5'10". He's he's a skinny 5'10". I mean, he's 5'10", 155. That's a small person. Uh, but he he does get it done. Um, so I, I, I would keep an eye on Tank Dell, especially because the Cowboys decided to bring him in for a closer look. All right, I cool. I'm always down for for something like that. Um, I was just trying to see if I found any more. You know, this is one. Like I said, we we normally have a few names we really think Dallas is going to do, but uh, I just don't really have one this year. I so. kind of love it, dude. I'm 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 excited to watch the draft because I feel like there's such a narrow margin for you know such a narrow likelihood of them messing it up. You know what I mean? Like it feels like they've really taken care of all their holes. They can't make a drastically terrible decision, really, because you know it's not like like oh, if we don't address this need, then we're screwed. Um, it feels like the team they have right now could take the field and be pretty damn competitive. So whatever we get in the draft is just like adding to the already pretty solid core they put together. Um, I think on paper right now, the Dallas Cowboys are probably top five, if not the sixth best team in football. Um, depending on execution, how the new offense shakes and what they add in the draft, you can ascend. So it should be very interesting. I'm very excited. We'll certainly uh, be back uh, post-draft to review whoever we gets to uh, add a star to their helmet. Um, so if there's nothing else, guys, I do want to get to what Zach was talking about earlier and talk a little Lamar. Is that cool, or does anyone have any final thoughts on the draft before we – I don't. I'll throw in mine because I was quiet because I don't really watch college football and I don't sure. really bother getting too involved in who could we pick because I don't want to get all excited and then have us not pick. It them. does. It is disappointing. So far, this front office has just shown an amazing ability to draft. So I'm not very True. concerned. Like even if they go with, unless they do tight end, I'm with you on that. Any other position, yeah. I'll assume like they probably saw something really good in that guy. So I'm not worried about this draft. I'm excited yeah. for it. I agree, man. I agree. I, I, and I, I agree on the tight end thing. Like outside of them, like really deciding they need a Dalton Schultz replacement with like, I personally think you're, you're already upgrading from just a pure athleticism standpoint by giving Hendo and Ferg uh, more reps, more experience. They've been out the, you know, already in the off season, they've been, both of them have been out at Dak's house practicing with him on his private field. So I expect them to come into camp with a little bit more of a rapport and rhythm with Dak already. Um, so I'll, I'm excited, man. I'm really stoked for this draft. It's going to be fun. Um, ben, any final thoughts on the draft? No, man. I, I think they're, they're in a fun place to see what they do. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I've, I've gone through so many people that I want and don't want that even now I'm I'm, I'm almost trying to talk myself into what if they take Bijan and I I haven't been there before. And so. I wouldn't hate it, dude. I, I mean, I'll I'll say this. You know, you know, I have been uh, begrudgingly a fan of Mr. Robinson's work for like two years because he is really fucking good at football, and UT has been pretty pretty bad uh, for his entire time there. He's really their whole offense, and I live in Austin. I have for or 10 years now which is crazy but um you live here you're just exposed to ut football even if you hate it by osmosis it's just like the entire culture here and Bijan's a special player 
He's a special, special player. And in a different era, B. John Robinson would be being talked about as the number one pick in this draft. Uh, certainly in a year yeah. with this week of uh, quarterback class, Bijan is tremendous. You remind me that, that Vince McMahon clip that everyone always did. He's special. He's special. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he is really good. He is really I'll good, say this. So. My, my always, I like to give a, a predictions. Um, one, Will Levins, Levis will suck. He will be a bust. And two, not really going on a limb, but you know, last year Sauce Gardner was my guy. Unfortunately, went all the way top. This year, Jalen Carter. That's my boy. I'm nice. Jalen Carter's ridiculous. I'll go. I'll go one further than you on Will Levis, dude. One, I think it's ridiculous that Will Levis is even being like picked out of the crowd to be special. Like, I think he's not even a good college quarterback, much less an NFL quarterback. Like, that's hilarious to me. He he was like. Sixth or seventh in the SEC in pass attempts, and number one by a mile in interceptions. Like he was bad as a college quarterback, and now he's going to be a first-round NFL QB. Okay. Well, people have Anthony Richardson too, but at least also he's ridiculous. Bad. Also yeah, he, insane. He's going to go top five. I think Anthony Richardson. At least I can I can understand like selling yourself on the athletic upside of Anthony Richardson. Like I think his ceiling is a lot higher than Will Levis's. Um, Will Levis is a total mystery to me as to why they selected him. I feel like they ch- pulled his name out of a hat. Like I haven't seen him do anything that makes me think he's even ready to play in the NFL, much less like he's a guy. Like, but I'll say this: I wouldn't. I am so. I know that Z- Dak has plenty of warts. I am so glad we do not have to go use a first round pick on a quarterback this year. I think every single quarterback in this draft that's being talked about as a first round draft pick there's a very good chance they're not a starter in five years. Don't like any of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think Stroud is probably the best, and even him I have significant questions about. I I don't know. I, quarterbackers are so hard. I'm just glad we're not in that position, and it always makes me laugh when people – we get to this time of year and then people wonder why – People that hate Dak Prescott, I, I just say, look around. Like this is what this is what you have. Yeah, this is what you do. Then you sell yourself on the fact, you know, well, Will Levis has a lot of arm strength, dude. Like he can, you know, he can make all the throws. And like, yeah, have fun. Um, but yeah, so we will definitely uh, cover the draft as it comes. Um, all the picks, not just the Cowboys, but obviously we'll focus on the guys that are going to be new to wearing the star. But that being said, guys, you know, uh, this Lamar Jackson situation has kind of dominated NFL headlines over the last couple months, even into last season. Um, Lamar is in a weird spot. So he, you know, previous MVP, highly successful quarterback and at the highest level of the game. He's We've won. never seen a kept player of his age at free agency and his yeah. caliber. I mean, shit, even Danny Dimes got a fat ass extension this year. Correct. Uh, now Lamar is in a weird spot because he's, so he's self-represented. He has no agent, which I would probably advise against. Uh, but that's the route he's chosen. Um, he's also hit free agency at a time where obviously like he has done a ton. I mean, he's won an MVP. He's taken a team that probably otherwise does not deserve to be a playoff team to the Super Bowl. He's 45 and 16 as a starter, um, which is absurd. Um, And yet ever since his MVP year, he has kind of seen, we've seen this sort of like uh, 
a little bit of a regression in his ability to uh, throw the football at least. So, you know, MVP year, 36 touchdowns, six picks. Uh, and then in 2021, 16 touchdowns, 13 picks. Um, this year, a little better, 17 and seven. Well, um, and look, dude, he's, he is one good player. Like they, yeah, his, agreed. His his wide receiving core is ass. Is garbage, and all and the Ravens always have been. Although I and, would, I would also got say Greg that, Roman, who runs like a, I, I agree. Wishbone. He, I would, I would say that he had the exact same situation when he won the MVP, and so it's almost like yeah. control. You know what I mean? Like it's like, well, the situation wasn't different when he had. Although. If I'm in charge of the Ravens, I would certainly choose adding weapons before subtracting Lamar. If I'm choosing a route on how to fix the situation, um, it's weird that they don't want to pay him, man. I mean, I guess they're looking at it as he's his game is so uh, athletic focused, and he's gotten some injury history now, and so they're worried that like at 25, well, so etc. I don't think it's that they don't want to pay him. It's specifically that he seems to be asking for basically a Deshaun Watson contract. He well, has mentioned Deshaun saying. Watson, which is tough because Deshaun Watson's contract is stupid. Like it's the, fucking awful. The the Cleveland Browns were dumb to pay that money, not just because, well, partly because you know Deshaun Watson's a rapist. Uh, that would factor into it for me, um, but also just like paying a fully guaranteed two hundred and forty million dollar contract out to a guy who, at least in Watson's case, is relatively unproven, uh, is insane. And so you can't take an outlier like that. Now that said, um, the offers that he's had put in front of him by the Ravens aren't like I would. I I wouldn't say that they're like oh you know yeah. yeah uh, it's it's a little bit. There needs to be a middle ground. Like well, he's not going to get depends who you believe too, right? Yeah, that's he's true. Come There's... out and he's. It depends who who's putting out the the scoop because he doesn't contend that some of those offers are real. That true put out true it's weird man i mean here okay here's here's all i ask would you would you trade Dak for lamar oh i mean we're I trading think, two first and then we'd have to give him a contract or are you just talking about excluding like, a this contract? Is just magic world like in instantly Dak is replaced by lamar i think in a bubble lamar is better yeah, I would say yes. Okay. Um, so then at that at that stage, you, you you would say that he's worth at least Dak's money. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think Lamar outside of, I think Lamar is a top five quarterback, to me. Okay. Yeah, I would say given given the dynamicism of dynamicism of his legs, um, you have to put him in that conversation. I think you put him in the right and and look, they. You're right that they I would love to see him play system. in the right system, man. Like if he could yeah. play in, the, on, in a West Coast Dude, offense or, look at him or in a Louisville. spread, put him in a spread. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't see why he'd be any worse than Deshaun Watson, who I know sucked last year, but in the Texans, like Lamar has shown an ability to be a pretty accurate passer when they don't have him throwing to like third string tight ends and shit. His like best, his best player, like support player, has been Mark Andrews, and that's. No, Who's no good? offense. Mark Who's Andrews is good, but like, yeah, like the fact that that's the highlight. I mean, I guess you could put Hollywood in there, but every other team is attempting to surround even mediocre quarterback talent with elite wide receiver help. I mean, you put Lamar on Miami, you give him Tyreek and Waddle, and then he runs the ball. Like, 
Yeah. If I'm Miami, that's what I'm probably trying to do, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just weird in a league that covet. He's in an interesting situation, like you said, but I, it, it does feel like the owners really don't want anyone to to give a fully guaranteed. And I think for whatever reason, teams are weirdly trying to convince themselves that I don't know, like he's just a running back, and I just don't. I don't. I have seen like not just like lead guys, but like content creators and like people that cover the NFL that are just like kind of pitching this narrative that Lamar Jackson has regressed. He's I just not don't the think same. so, man. They, like, they want him to. They want him desperately to be Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Like he had the MVP year, went to the Super it's only Bowl. Twenty. That's in the past. Man. I know. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like I think. I think he's got the juice, dude. Like, I mean, the injuries are the injuries are aren't not a concern. They always are. Uh, and for a guy that takes hits because he runs the ball, they're always going to be. I but, just think you could put him in so many systems where he'd thrive. Like, that's I, the thing I, is like his legs are such a weapon. At the same time, I don't think he's Vince Young, where it's like he doesn't have a pro arm. You know what I mean? And he's gonna win you games, like a handful a year by himself doing some yeah. Lamar crazy shit. Like he may never rush for 1200 yards again. That was insane. But dude, he's still going to give you 700 yards easy. A, and, a, and again, the fact that Danny easy. Dimes got a contract, which I mean, that's more on the giants being stupid than anyone else. I mean, it's not like the NFL collectively decides well, who gets a deal. So but He did publicly request a trade. I just don't know how that this is all going to, to play out it's very strange to me i just don't even if you look at like raw passing numbers sure they're down but if you look at anything like epa qbr all that shit he's he's so good like <laughs> he's always so up there so i don't know it's very strange to me man i i've never seen a player of his caliber and if you just want to be one of those guys who nakedly only talks about wins he's never had a losing record yeah i mean despite them doing almost nothing to help him like you said like it's not you know they aren't yeah like who's the second best player okay well, I'm, tr- I'm struggling to name offensive player players on the ravens you know what i mean like you yeah, drafted richard bateman who was hurt a lot hollywood brown they traded i don't even know their other wide receivers that they have at this point they're yeah let me, let me their look running backs up. are beat to shit every year they you know I just they, they are the most injury plague team like in football year in and year out. But okay, let's see here from a stats perspective. Okay, uh, J.K. Dobbins, you know, five hundred yard guy. Penyon Drake, five hundred yard guy. Gus Edwards, four hundred yard guy. Uh, their their receiving core. Mark Andrews leads the team in receiving at 850 yards and five touchdowns. So imagine if Dalton Schultz was like your best weapon. Demarcus Robinson was their best wide receiver. Uh, He caught 48 balls for 458 yards and two touchdowns. Then Devin Duvernay, 407 yards, three touchdowns. Isaiah Likely, who I don't know who that that is. That's like their... He's like their sleeper tight end who's supposed to be another Njoku just dripping right. with talent. Just well, like, he has 370 yards and three touchdowns worth of talent right now. Uh, Rod Bateman, 285, two TDs. I don't know. And then where, yeah. Deshaun Jackson. Dude, he also is – he's just not a shithead. He never has issues off the court, off the field. Like, for all this – all this – 
talk. Like he's he did. I think he, I, I think we have to acknowledge so well in front of. I the think we have to acknowledge so that well there on. is a degree of like so, some. Yeah. There's some racism at play. Like there's a little, a little bit. bit. Like a little bit. Like at least yeah. among. I'm I, I I am not in the rooms where they're negotiating. I don't know anything about that. What I do know is that when I hear older generation NFL fans talk about Lamar, they do not talk about him in the same like way that they do a quarterback who puts up identical performance to him yeah. who looks like Daniel they Jones. Don't even talk like, like even if he looked like uh, it's also his place, so he doesn't even get how they talk about and I know Mahomes is an alien or Watson like Lamar is just very much I don't know I don't know how to say but it, even but if like, but like even Russell Wilson you know what I mean like when he yeah. was doing his thing in Seattle like he had a very family-friendly hyper you know white America friendly image Lamar has never hidden who he is like he is very like you know himself he he comes across as being like you know effectively hood I guess is a good adjective for it um and that has always in my opinion hampered his pr to that older generation of kind of like toby keith football fan yeah i think there's an element to it i don't think it's the whole thing no i no, just think not. that it 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 plays into it's one of many things that have played into why we've gotten to where we've gotten to so. it it makes people attribute his ability to just like Oh, he's a freak. He's a you know a specimen. He's a physical blah blah blah. Rather than he works incredibly hard. He knows the game of football incredibly well. He is an incredibly prepared quarterback. All of which are true. And once again, he doesn't like have any off-field issues no, at all. Zero. We've never <laughs> not in college, not in high school. He doesn't treat press shitty. He's he you know he shows up all the time utmost perfect i don't know i i think it's it's crazy i would love to have lamar i'll, I'll just say that i think he's a one of one i do think, do there's, think a play downside. There's, there's an there's an obvious <laughs> could he play corner <laughs> <laughs> there's an obvious downside hey willie to... <laughs> willie you got you can play corner right yeah some willie beeman stuff going on um i don't know it, it's a really interesting situation and i think baltimore what do you think happened? Completely fucked. If you had, to, if you had to take a, a stab, do you think he's back in a Ravens uniform with some kind of contract? I think he plays franchise tag for Ravens. Okay, so on the he's on the he got, they gave him what transition tag that's yeah. like thirty two mil. It's thirty four. Yeah, that's God. That's already sucks, dude. Well, he he already said he doesn't want. I mean, he said he want he requested a trade. Not even yeah. the franchise tag, Zach. The transition tag, which is like shittier. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a. It's, it's a much lower paycheck than because the franchise tag is the average of the top five paid guys at the position. So for quarterback, that's like forty something million. The transition tag is thirty four million. Yeah. Well, maybe he sits then. <sighs> I just that never. I mean, it worked well for, for anyone. Sounds it worked. Deshaun Watson. No, I mean, yeah. And it's such a QB star like league, dude. Women, so. I, I definitely could see some team like going in. Like, dude, if, if the, okay, if my, if we start the year and Tua gets a 48th concussion and, you know, thinks that he's Willy Wonka by season, by well, week three. You know, Carson Palmer did do this too. He held out. I remember he didn't want to go back to yep. the Bengals. That was different. I don't know. We just haven't seen this a lot, especially for a guy who's 25 and as good as Lamar Jackson's been. I mean, even if you're 
even if you're a big naysayer that, hey, Lamar can't win. You can't win playing how Lamar plays in the playoffs. Like, that's your, yeah. your ultimate goal. So I wouldn't sign him. You can, like, he's still at worst, what? Wealth, like I, you have to bend your mind and not put. How how funny is it that there are like significant doubters of a twenty-five-year-old recent MVP, Lamar Jackson, but like ninety-seven-year-old ayahuasca trip Aaron Rodgers is like, okay, for me to come to the Jets, first of all, I need sixty million a year. Second of all, I need you to get all my favorite friends from the Packers to sleep over, and they got to be Jets too. Third of all. Um, I want a hovercraft. I don't want to have to walk anywhere. And they're like, oh, God, he's such a leader, dude. Yeah, like, do you hear that he spent the offseason in a hole? He's so fucking cool. Like, grosses me out. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. I want to see Lamar go somewhere where he doesn't have this play caller in Greg Roman. So No, man, I'm telling you, dude, Miami, it'd be so tight. It's so tight. I kept thinking San Fran was going to do something. I know they had something with Purdy, but I just feel yeah, like that's Shanahan, crazy, dude. Like what is Shanahan I... would be with McCaffrey, Debo? I mean, I don't know what their money situation would be like, but golly, that would be that seems like it would just be a well. I don't want that to happen because we need to beat San Fran, <laughs> and we play them in the regular season too. So we got the inch, but well, yeah. I will say Let's this: they, I don't think the Ravens scored more than seventeen points in a single game after Lamar Jackson. It doesn't shock me, dude. I mean, like you look at that roster, bro. Like it's it's incredible that I mean, Lamar Lamar can make a case that he's like the LeBron James of that organization, and they're just like, oh, weird. Dude. It's weird because isn't he like a better Mike Vick, or is it just because he doesn't have a cannon? Like he's by all accounts and all numbers a better quarterback than Vick ever was, and Vick got a huge second chance and deal. Yeah. Uh, Mike Vick was an icon. He changed football and sports. Uh, Lamar. He is better or worse. I do think Lamar's better than Mike Vick. I will agree with you there. Um, I just think that he just wasn't first. Like Mike was first, you know, Mike, like it's kind of like AI, like Allen Iverson, like there are certainly better players. Allen Iverson is just like this iconic point of transition for for basketball culture and mike vick was that for football um dude oh if lamar could go to atlanta bro like i don't know what the offense situation is there but like he would be so beloved in atlanta like if he could take on the the take on the mantle of mike vick oh i've seen a lot of falcon fans been talking about it and most of them don't want to go for it because they think he's going to cost too much i'm not even kidding I see people like go with Ryder. Let's see what he does, dude. He says he wants a Super Bowl here and things like that. And then people are like, that's that's why Atlanta will always be a loser fucking franchise, bro. To be like saying shit like that is just here's the the odds for anyone who wants to know, uh, at least of a day ago. Colts plus 225. Patriots plus 450. I've actually been seeing a lot of Patriot chatter. That kind of makes sense to me. But... Uh, Falcons plus 600. Lions plus 650. Bucks plus 800. Ooh, didn't think about the Bucks. Um, Commanders plus the Commanders, Titans, Packers, and Panthers are all 10 to 1. Man, how fucking funny would it be if he did sign to Tampa? Because like, Baker just got there and then they just. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets so pissed. <laughs> Baker has to have another Dude, one of his like weird press conferences. Lions just, just like, shits on him. 
the lion. She, she just steals Jared Goff's job for more money. Oh uh, man. Well, dude, I, I for one am rooting for Lamar. Dude, I hope he... I think people are gonna wind up seeing what they do in the draft, but it's just funny that someone would rather gamble on Anthony Richardson than Lamar Jackson, even at the the price. So insane. Because again, it's it's like what I've said about like when people are like, oh, we could take this guy instead of having Dak. I'm like, if that guy turned into Dak, you would be fucking overjoyed. And it, with Anthony Richardson, if he's ever a quarter of not a quarter, but like if he's half of Lamar Jackson, you'd be over the moon. I mean, Lamar Jackson is like legitimately people forget, dude. Lamar Jackson was a fucking monster in college, like a absolute beast. And then went to the pros and did it again. Like, and I was you a doubter at, at the pro level, and I was wrong. So dude, I'm I admit still that. thinking about San Fran. Like, Purdy doesn't even have a contract. He's a seventh rounder. Yeah, and, I do oh, think they're, actually, they're loaded up, though. Like, they have a ton of big. And they also got rid of Garoppolo's money. They got rid of Garoppolo's money, but they still have Debo. They still have, they're deciding whether or not they want to pay IU, but they have Bosa. They have Fred Warner. Oh, yeah, they're actually they have, listening to trades on IU, by the way. I don't think we'd do it at this point. Not now, but uh, I would love that. Dude, if we got Ayuk, if that was our third receiver, if it was CD Cooks Ayuk or CD Ayuk Cooks plus Ferg Hendo and TP, oh my God, we'd be massacring folks. I would love that. But I think Ayuk's going to get like real deal, you know, 20 plus wherever he goes. Mm. He's at that inflection point in his career. And he is an athletic be funny. freak. People at the Jets are also nine to one here. If the Jets just pivot and they go after Lamar and say, "Fuck, dude," and Aaron has to stay in Green Bay <laughs> yeah. after all that, that'd be so funny. How great! Would that all be? that ends up happening is that Green Bay <laughs> they, they lost Alan Lazard. <laughs> that's it. I get nothing else. <laughs> uh, that's, that'd be so good. That'd be so good. I would love that. Fuck Aaron Rodgers and fuck Green Bay. You heard it here first. All right, boys. Well. Yeah, we will have to see where all of this shakes out when we get to the draft. Um, the draft is, I think, April 26th is the first day, is the Thursday of the draft. Um, but following the NFL draft, we'll be back with another episode, both to review the draft, update on where all this, all these situations we've discussed have shaken out, and review a new set of Dallas Cowboys. Um, should be a little more positive than last year's post-draft episode, I would assume. I, I was a little uh, wary of the Tyler Smith pick. I should have known. I should have had more faith. I admit that. Um, but yeah, we'll be back then. Boys, any thoughts before we get out of here? No, nothing for me. Uh, Revere, uh, Revere recently just said for the first time they're going to try and build up the team. So that Fuck franchise yeah, keeps delivery. God, dude. Major Tutty is about to go on a rampage. Dude, imagine has, Lamar and Major Tutty coming up with a handshake if he went to the con. I know that's actually <laughs> was my thought. Was I'm surprised the commanders weren't listed at all. I don't know if they're they, they reportedly want to gross Sam Howell into a starter or anything. So. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. Dumpster fire, like intentional dumpster fire. It's going to come out that like the entire, for the last like 20 years, like they've just been laundering like human trafficking money through that team it's all been a cover dude by the dea like two years ago yeah they can't recover that 
I can't. It was, was, was it the oh, DEA or? Oh yeah, because their their training staff was, was it? moving steroids <laughs> through their fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they have so many scandals; it's hard to keep track. I'm sure like the feds knocked on the door and they opened it and they're like, "Are you here for the sex assault thing?" Like, no, we're, we're here for the drugs. Phew. All right, yeah, come on in. Like. <laughs> can't even keep it straight, dude. I love it. And they they tried to make themselves a team, and now he's just like, no, he just won't. Like, oh, it's so good. What a disaster. They deserve it. What a shithole of a franchise. Fuck you, Washington. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. Well, as always, folks, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this, the first episode of season seven of Boys Will Be Boys. Like I said, we'll be back. Uh, about a month from today, uh, or a month from yesterday, uh, you're probably hearing this on a Thursday. So a month from the previous Tuesday, uh, following the draft, we'll go through, uh, everything that's going on in the NFL and review all the picks of the Dallas Cowboys preview the upcoming season going into camp. Uh, until then I'm Andy Gatelli. Ben Walker. Zachary Love. This has been boys will be boys. Take it easy. Peace.